Hello, and welcome back to The Gay Agenda, <clears throat> where you get to sit and talk with your favorite local lesbian about whatever the hell I want. And today, I feel like talking about essential workers, the conditions that we've been put under since the pandemic started, and just the all-around bullshit that we've had to talk about. And I'm here today with my best friend, Josh. What's up? And, uh, yeah, so let's kick this shit off. Let's, uh, let's go back to the beginning of the fucking pandemic, because... <clears throat> when it first started, there was a lot of fucking uncertainty, I feel like, about job security in general, and that kind of set a precedent for how far morale was going to decline. I remember at the time, personally, I was working at Domino's, and the restaurant business got hit way harder than I feel like some other places, restaurant and bars specifically, and uh, it was just fucking a nightmare. <clears throat> Now, Josh, you, tell us where you work. Let's start with that. I work for a cell phone retail sales store. I actually manage that store. And so, under federal law, I actually can't be shut down um, <coughs> unless it's a federal mandate that I do shut down. So, even in our state, Governor Bashir can't shut us down. Um, but, being based out of sales... My job has lost a ton of money, so have my reps, and you know it's that's that was just the beginning. Um, I mean, at the very beginning, it was there was a lot of kindness and understanding and everything like that from our customer base, which was nice. I mean, it was nice at first because we were we were scared at the same time as everybody else, you know. So we were being looked at as people that were going against the grain. You know, everybody else was shutting down, but we were staying open. We were we were continuing what we we do every day and just following those procedures to stay safe. You know, keep our customer base safe. Now, I remember when this all first started, we sat down and we were talking about <clears throat> how there we were unsure if we were even going to remain open um because, you know, I mean, at least in our time that we've been alive, this is something kind of unprecedented, you know? So, how would you say that that not knowing at first affected you and your employees about what was going to come next? Well, I mean, really the biggest thing is is not even... We, at first, we listened to, you know, just being in this state. We had, you know, a great governor who's taking care of everything he's needed to, fought against everything he needs to, to continue keeping us safe and protected. Um, and um, we would listen to him every day. And we were excited to see if the next step would be shutting us down and until we figured out that federally we can't be. Uh, so at that point is when we kind of got a little overwhelmed, um, and, you know, not to toot my own horn, but it takes a good leader to keep people in a pandemic working hard. Um, especially when our money goes off of sales and that's about all we've got. So from there, it really just went to working every single day to keep us backed up, keep us working, keep us not thinking about the fact that people are out there 
sick and dying in the hospital. And with our customer base being polite and kind and understanding, it helped. Um, but as weeks went along, everything like that, it just didn't, it, it, it didn't pan out. And I think the, the world in general got afraid. And then that's when everything kind of started going downhill. Especially for us, our morale um, ended up, we were seeing all these people who were already, you know, on, on unemployment on, you know, state funding and everything like that to live. And we were sitting here making less money, even though we were working harder. <clears throat> Would you say that, um, well, let me rephrase. How did sales and the decline of that affect the paychecks you guys were getting? Uh, or did it at all? I mean, honestly, uh, back in March is when it, you know, really started to affect us. March and April, numbers-wise, were not our best months, but they definitely weren't our worst, uh, because being in telecommunications and entertainment, it, we, we still had people that wanted those things. Now, when the first checks came out for the excess unemployment per week and everything like that in our state, it just, I mean, we, we continued selling because people had the extra funds. But at the same time, we weren't selling as much as we needed to. We weren't our, our paychecks did go down. Now, grateful, I'm I'm grateful. My team is grateful that we work for a great company, and they continued to pay us. And they actually made stipulations for our commission checks to say, if you don't hit, you know, if your if your commission checks not as much as it would have been in January or February, uh, we'll we'll actually pay you more on your commission check. So we're grateful for that, and. And that's awesome, but our potential is much higher than that, and that's kind of what we were trying to go for until all this happened. And we just saw it really unfair that we're sitting here still going out, still every single day, still. And this is when things started to get worse, is when people started to become more afraid, and that divide started, that big divide that everybody says, what is it, the, the, the big mask debate, whatever that is. You know, like, that became a thing, and so we ended up, you know, starting to get hatred in our store. I mean, I have, I have a a a young girl on my team. She's 21 years old, probably all of 100 pounds, and I've had grown men come in to our store. Grown men, I'm talking with children and grandchildren of their own that have lived their entire lives, come in and tell this 21 year old that she's a piece of shit, and tell her that. She's lucky they don't have a gun and stuff. And, 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 and that's all over her asking, hey, do you by chance got a mask with you today? <clears throat> yeah. It's honestly the fucking way that people in this country act about wearing a mask for like 30 fucking minutes in a goddamn store is really laughable almost because it it's... Um, you know, like, how can you have such a disregard for public safety? You know what I mean? And it's not like it's hindering you in any way, or if it's fucking... It's not even inconvenient, even. Like, it takes two seconds to put a fucking mask on your face, you know? And other people, like, around the world are looking at us like we're fucking, like, almost barbaric, in a way. Because 
in the United States, they, they feel like it's an infringement upon their fucking rights for some reason. Well, and, and here, I, I mean, <clears throat> on the flip side, because I, I'm, I'm more of a realist than anything, I don't really set aside on, on which side of the air quote mass debate that I'm on, you know, it's, I understand that, and I, my whole team, we understand that, yes, 100%, this is America, you have 100% a right to say, I don't want to wear a mask. Great. Good for you. But if you walk into a business that requires you to wear a mask, either you wear the mask or you don't shop there. Like, literally, that's that's all. Like, And it's not our fault you don't want to wear it, and it's not our fault that you have to wear it. It's our company that pays us to say, if you want this job, and you want to continue having this job and making money during a global pandemic, a, which is turning into just a United States pandemic because we can't get it together, but, I mean... We still like to make money because we don't want to have to go on unemployment. We don't want to have to struggle. And so we want to continue trying to work for our, our living. And we can't do that if we don't make you wear a mask. I mean, that's that's literally the end-all, be-all of it. I mean, and it goes back to uh, the old days. You, you go into a restaurant, and on the door, uh, most doors of most restaurants now still, you see no shoes, no shirt, no service. Stop. And that's the same thing. It's and, and that's kind of how I'm putting it now is no shirt, no shoes, no mask, no service. I mean, that's that's just the way <coughs> it is until we can get this shit together. And really, <coughs> however long that takes is however long I'm going to keep doing my job the way I'm supposed <coughs> to do my job to earn my paycheck to take care of the people I care about. But where does the line cross between your rights and just public safety, public health, you know, because there's no, at the time, right now, there's no cure for this, and while there is treatment, it's not fucking ideal for anybody, like, it's fucking unbearable, you can look on the internet, and there's countless fucking people talking about how miserable they were with it, and people are literally fucking dying around us, like, where is the limit on that? I, well, I mean, to be honest, I don't think there is, and that's and that's the problem is that it's that mentality of me versus them, me versus us. You know, I was actually watching uh, the other night. I was watching a really good TV show uh, called The Good Place. I love right? that fucking it's show. It's an awesome show. Fucking genius. And Cheaty is talking. No, it was actually um, what was her name? Eleanor was mm. talking to Cheaty's girlfriend the one that was the neuroscientist <clears throat> right and she said that the problem is 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 that as a generation as a, a a race we have moved past the me versus us because we have learned how to as a greater whole been able to come together as you know no matter what our you know our differences are to help in times of major need you know, look at <clears throat> look at times of major need like nine eleven or the hurricanes or anything else that's plagued our country or the world. You know, people still have there are still good there's a majority of good people still out there willing to band together to make it happen. But now it's the me us versus them. You know, and and that's something we haven't gotten past is that us versus them, and us versus them is I don't want to wear a mask. They do, so they're bad. You know, or I want to wear a mask because I want to try to save people or whatever it may be or for my own health. 
and they <coughs> don't, so they're bad. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, I personally, I wear a mask wherever I go. I, I, I went to Portland the other day, and I went to go get a, I went to go shop in O'Reilly's, right? Go pick up a few parts. I walked in. I was the only one with a mask. The employees there didn't have a mask. There was a sign on the door that said mask needed for entry. In Sumner County, where I was shopping, it's actually a misdemeanor to not be wearing a mask in public, but nobody was wearing a mask. I walked, as I was walking in, an older gentleman working on his uh, vehicle out front gave me the dirtiest look I've ever seen in my life. Like, I had killed his cat or something. You know, like, it. it's just amazing the difference of that us versus them and how I was immediately labeled an enemy because I decided to wear a mask for whatever reason, whether it be for my own health or for the health and safety of others or just for just to be a generally good human fucking being. At the end of the day, that's just what it really comes down to is, yes, does it suck to wear a mask? Yes, 100%. Oh, fuck yeah. 100% fucking percent. It sucks ass. And do I want to wear one at work all day long? Hell no. Uh, does my employees? No. Do my customers? No. Does anybody really want to wear them? No. Um, but it's not about wants. It's, it's not about what you want. Because there are people that are wanting their grandma, their grandpa, their dad, their brother, their sister, or themselves to still be alive <clears throat> and for you to wear a mask. That's and that's the difference is you wanted to wear a mask is not as important as somebody wanting their family to be alive because somebody should have worn a mask around them. Like that's that's the big thing is that you sure as much as you have a right not to <coughs> that's that's part of what the greatness of our country is you have that choice but at the same time you have a choice to be refused service at any place that wants you to wear one and you can't throw a hissy fit like a toddler Every single time someone does. Because, again, those same grown people I've had walk in my store literally throw a hissy fit. I have told customers myself that I will not continue to speak to them because I don't, de- I don't sell entertainment services or cell phone services or anything to children. <laughs> like, I don't. And if Man. you're going to act like a child because you can't wear a piece of cloth... <laughs> And just halfway, dude, I don't even care if it's like, just just make an effort. Just make a small effort. They're like comparable to like three kids in a trench coat coming in with a fake mustache trying to get exactly. a cell phone with their mom's credit card. Yeah, but these are grown, grown ass men and women that have, you know, kids and grandkids and a job and a house and a car note and, you know, just regular old human beings. That are afraid to wear a fucking mask or so <clears throat> so self-righteous that they can't wear one because, oh no, I can't breathe. Well, guess what? Myself and plenty of others have been <clears throat> in 110 degree weather in Iraq wearing masks and hundreds of pounds of gear. So you want to complain that you're in a 70 degree air conditioned building <laughs> getting your $1,200 phone looked at and you're wearing a cloth mask for 20 minutes? Like... How much of a little bitch are you that you can't just wear something for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, shit, even an hour? Because I wear it for eight hours a day. My, my reps wear it for eight hours a day. They bitch about it? Sure. 
I bitch about it, hell yeah. But what do I do? I wear it because that's what I'm supposed to do. Not just for my paycheck, not just because my job tells me to, but because that is the good fucking thing to do because the majority of my <coughs> customers are 60 plus years old with pre-existing conditions and they're the ones that are going to die first. And I don't want to not sleep because I didn't wear a piece of cloth on my face. That's well said. <clears throat> I remember... I mean, I'm not under, you know, any type of fucking contract or agreement with them anymore, so I'll just, oh, right, you know, with Domino's, when this first started, <clears throat> I remember going back to, like, the uncertainty of it, you know, because every, like, they were closing down restaurants, they were closing down bars, and while Domino's is technically in other fast food joints, you know, like, particularly with Domino's, it's a delivery service <clears throat> also. You know, you can do carry-out. Some have dining options. And it was it was scary at first. We didn't have a lot of information about hardly anything. All we knew is that it spreads rapidly. And you can have it and not even know that you have it. And I feel like that is equally as scary as the actual disease itself. Well, yeah, because you've been carrying it, and you don't know who you come in contact with every day, and you could have given it to that 65-year-old woman wearing her mask <coughs> improperly at the store, and you didn't wear your mask, and you infected her because you were within two, three, four feet of her, and then she goes home, and the next two weeks of her, her the rest of her life is miserable because now she's got COVID because you had it, and you didn't know you had it. And that's all could have been been saved and stopped from just wearing a piece of cloth. And that's the biggest thing is it's just a piece of fucking cloth. And even in the beginning, though, like, there wasn't even, like, a suggestion, really, for people to be wearing masks. I feel like they advised it, but it wasn't, like, a critical thing that you needed to do at first, you know? Because, uh, I don't know, I, I know I have uh, some friends that, have worked in Domino's. Hell, that's how we met. We were right. at Domino's. I hired you. <laughs> and you can't. And you can attest to this just as well as I can that it is fucking impossible to social distance in a store. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, because you're elbow to elbow on that make line on a Friday night trying to sling out a thousand dollar hour. Like that's. I mean, it's it's nearly impossible. But the health standards are already there to wash your hands. The health standards are already there that if you are feeling sick or coughing or sneezing to not be around the food, you know, so that would keep you away from your employees. Like, I mean, that's, I mean, those health standards are already there. And the problem is, is that in the very beginning, we didn't even practice those. Oh, fuck. Anybody who works in a restaurant can tell you that fucking corners are cut all the time. Unless the health inspector's showing up. And exactly. Then it's a, exactly. It's a bum rush to get everything in order in case OER shows up yeah. or fucking... The health inspector. <laughs> you know? The health department shows up. you got people sweeping the, the corners of the ceilings and, <laughs> and, and mopping the back porch. <laughs> fucking, like. fucking deck scrubbing baseboards and yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's... And, and well, and that's the thing is that those those health practices weren't weren't really completely followed to a full T, which if they were could have slowed it. I don't know. I'm not a scientist, and I won't ever claim to be a, a, an expert in that that field. I trust the science. I trust the doctors. I trust the people that tell us, "Hey, this is going to be the right course of action." Cool, I'll do it. Not because I'm a what, what do they call it? a sheep. 
Sheeple. Sheeple. Right? Sheeple, right? Fucking I, I'm not a sheep. I just trust the, the, the professionals. You know, if they went to, to, to get their education in whatever the field is, uh, I'm not going to ask, you know, I'm not going to tell a lawyer that I don't trust his lawyering skills. I'm not going to, I'm not going to trust my doctor to tell me that I don't have, that I have cancer and say, oh, I don't have cancer. You're wrong. Like that. I don't, how am I supposed to know that? You know, because I'm not professional. But if you come in on the, on the flip side, I, you come into my store, I'm a professional, <laughs> you know? So, and that's, and that's the same thing is that I know what my what I'm good at, what mm. I know, and I'm not afraid to say that I don't, I'm mm. not a scientist, I'm not a doctor. I can't tell you if wearing a mask and staying six feet away from people is actually helping. Other than the fact that you look at places like, uh, what is it, Greenland or Iceland, one of those two countries right now, I just, just read it the other day, uh, are completely COVID-free. They have been for three weeks now. New Zealand just got their first case a few weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, you granted that is an island, like you know, right? But but at the same time, I mean, it's it's still, I mean, that's that's how it spread. It's travel and everything like that. So obviously, it's going to get to places. But the thing is, is there are countries that abided by the rules. The people in those countries abided by those rules, and now they're able to go to movies. They're able to go eat at restaurants. They're able to go to their local bars. They're able to to go into their grocery stores without you know, getting checked in and checked out. They're able to fly, you know, like all of those things are able to do those things like we were in January. Yeah. But we can't because we have a bunch of, we have a big divide and that divide is what's killing us. Mm. It's literally killing us because people are so against, they they, want to say, you can't do this, you can't do that because it's my right. It is my right. Well, it is also... The rights of all those people that you've killed by not wearing a mask to be alive. A, a big part of the mentality on this and just the fucking mentality in our current social climate, I feel like has been facilitated and pushed by our fucking uh, idiot in chief. The big orange fucking <laughs> idiot, Donald Trump, you know. <laughs> it's, I Cheeto mean, life, he, bro. Cheeto he was life. fucking. <laughs> He was spreading misinformation on a massive, on a literal national platform. And. Well, I mean, Michelle Obama just came out the other day, said that he wasn't well in over his head. And now. God, I miss the Obamas. Oh, no, right. (laughs) Michelle's boss. But, you know, it doesn't even matter which side of politics of the aisle that you're on. This is a human problem, not a political problem. This is a health issue, not a political issue. And the problem is, is that it be- continues to be a political issue because people allow it to be a political issue. And and I hate to say it, but if I'm going to choose sides on the great mask debate, I'm going to wear a mask because the people not wearing masks are the ones that are making it political. And they're not making it about health and safety and the well-being of people. And the, and the thing is, though, is that it's really funny because these people will be so anti-mask until their family member dies <clears throat> from it. And then they sh- they'll tell themselves and they'll, they won't sleep at night and they'll get mad because people didn't wear masks and they didn't wear a mask and all this other stuff. And they could have just done something as simple as wearing a mask and they could have saved their family member. They could have saved their mother, their father, their daughter, their son, their cousin, whoever may have been. <clears throat> Could have been saved all because you could have worn a mask. And that's it. You know, you just said that it's not really political, but 
sadly everything is political and i just want to point out something that uh my, my buddy raz i work with at the store i work at now shout out to you homie um they said something the other night we were talking about just in general not being into politics and they said to me i learned a long time ago that even if you don't get into politics politics will get into you and <clears throat> i that is true on every single scale that you could think of but with this in particular they have no choice but to politicize it because it's a matter again it's a matter of public safety you know these people are meant to govern us so in a time of need like this that's the first place we look yeah we we would hope that who the majority chose would do the right thing and make the right choices and I and I and I hate to say this because I, I was not a Kentucky resident when our governor was elected. Um, I just recently moved to the state, so I was, I was impressed, to say the least, that a governor was able to manage all of the stuff that came at him at once, and the hanging effigy. Uh, the replica of him hanging in his front yard at his kid, like at his house where his kids are, and, and yeah. his people are yeah. yelling and, and threatening his daughter, like his kids, like that is that is insane. And this man has held true every step of the way. He has not let anyone bully him because he is the the elected official to govern this state, our people in this state. And he has done a phenomenal job at it. <clears throat> Even with, I mean, I, I know plenty of people who think they're hard and think they can they can do this shit and blah, 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 that they wouldn't fold and crack. But this man has not folded and he has not cracked. And even with his family getting threatened, he came on TV and literally said, you threaten my family, I'll take that personally. But I'm going to continue being the governor and looking out for the well-being of all the people that didn't threaten my family and the people that threatened my family because I'm a better person than you are. And that right there just shows how a elected official should act. Yeah, I agree. And it's not been that way, and it's not going to be that way in a federal level because guess what? It's election season. And, you know, <clears throat> I, I don't typically vote. I'm, tip, I'm not very much into politics i don't understand it very much um but i do feel as though we're lucky in this not so great red state of kentucky to have governor Bashir. could you imagine the nightmare we'd be in if we still had matt fucking bevin right now <laughs> like oh my god <laughs> i mean Jesus. i don't even i don't even know if i can speak on that topic <laughs> because he he was he was the devil incarnate in my opinion <coughs> And at the time, I, I I say that because at the time I was I was working for a school system, and I noticed how much his decisions made effects to the education of our the, the young population of of our state. And with our current governor has been fantastic. I think he has done uh, a lot of things that have been very very good. I think he did succumb to a little bit of pressure by relaxing some of the mandates. Uh, just to kind of save face and, and appease some of the, the some of the masses, 
But then when he realized it wasn't working, he went right back to what he was doing. Mm. He said, T- I tried it. You were wrong. I'm back to doing what I do. And I wish that that's the way the federal government would do the same thing so that it would actually work. I find it... The thing I was most impressed with, with Governor Bashir is when Donald Trump was really... He was really putting pressure on the governors of the states to follow suit with what he wanted, which was... Jack, <laughs> to follow suit with what he wanted to do and reopen everything and reopen the economy and risking the lives of Americans all across the board. And Governor Bashir stood his ground and told the president to basically suck his fucking left nut. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> like it, and, you can't govern Kentucky. Sorry, because Governor Bashir is the governor. He is going to govern Kentucky. You stay up there and sit in your pretty little house and pretend like you know what you're doing. Go fucking golf and act like you and act like a fucking idiot on TV and and then try to spin it like and, and jump on Twitter. I mean, I don't even I I can tell you right now what 14 year old posts, 14 year old teenage girl posts as much as Donald Trump does. Not a single one. And the funny thing is, you can tell the difference between somebody who's clearly managing his social media and the tweets that he puts out. I know, right? <laughs> because and and his his social media manager is probably like. Ah, oh, damn it. Ah, oh, missed another one. Another one got through. Like, somebody give me his phone. Like, Yeah, somebody is... take away his BlackBerry stat. Can we fucking ban Twitter for the president? Yeah, right, because he wants to sit here and ban TikTok. Let's ban Twitter. And WeChat. So the... What? WeChat. It's this app or whatever. It's also a China-based tech company. And um, he wants to ban it as well. I'm not sure why. And it's still funny because we he's still, there still is, I mean, yes, we can speculate that, that China didn't. Uh, warn us and blah 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 bullshit China knew and Fauci who's the head of the coronavirus task force and uh, a couple of other doctors and scientists actually knew about this and were doing testing on different cures and different stuff for corona for COVID-19 months before the first case even happened and and that's the point, is that the one that's leading the charge in our country was one of the scientists and doctors working on a cure for this disease before it even became a pandemic. And then, but yet somehow our federal government is going to sit here and tell us that uh, China didn't tell us. No, China did tell you. You just fucked up, and now you're trying to plan it on somebody else. Bullshit, China's handling this 100,000 times better than we are, and it's because we're walking around here, you know, according to the rest of the world, we look like a bunch of fucking retards. Well, also, like, <clears throat> shortly, I guess shortly before or after they were advised of the possibility of a, you know, a pandemic on a global scale, he disbanded the, uh, I can't remember the exact name of it, but it was the... Basically, a pandemic preparedness task force that Obama had put into place. World because he- The World Health Organization? No. No, there was a specific task force, in layman's terms, that Obama had put into place to be prepared for a pandemic because scientists have been warning for years that due to increased travel that this was a possibility. Yeah. <clears throat> so, by defunding and disbanding that, it... it it opened up the door for a huge ass pandemic. It completely crippled the ability to properly respond, and he completely just 
did not heed the warnings. Mm-hmm. This was mishandled on a massive kind of, level. Kind of like, do we want to reminisce about uh, <clears throat> Katrina and uh, George Bush George Jr.? Bush does not care about black people. <laughs> like, George Bush Jr. and uh, Hurricane Katrina was handled better than Trump is handling COVID. And that's saying something, because and Katrina was a fucking sad. disaster. People that were was fucking, a actual shit show. People were fucking dying and fucking, you know, living... In flooded waters for days before FEMA. Like, I think it was longer than that. It was a long fucking time before FEMA ever before they actually just showed FEMA. up. Because, because Bush was like, eh, it's just a storm. Like, really? Oh, it's just, it's just the flu. It's China's fault. Like, really? But going full circle right back around to it, my, the other day, I'll give you an example. The other day I had two customers walk in, husband and wife, um... And, and I work in a town that's majority middle-aged to older white people that are country, you know, kind of redneck, and nothing against those people. Like, I, I, they're, they're my customer base, you know, that's mm. the people I serve, and I'm okay with that. And I, because I'm the type of person that you believe what you want to believe. That's your <coughs> right. It is your right to believe what you want to believe. Do I agree with you? No, but I'm not going to tell you that you're an asshole, that you're a shitbag, because you don't, you know, believe what I believe. But... They walk in, <clears throat> I do my normal spiel, hello, welcome to, you know, my store, and, uh, and, and they didn't have a mask on, you know, I said, so hey, do you guys by chance have masks with you? Um, and they were like, yeah, and then they just stood there and stared at me, and I was like, do you mind putting them on for me? I was very kind and polite uh, and, and everything, because I, I again, am, am under the impression that yes, you have a right to wear it or not, that is your choice. Do I think you're wrong for it? Yes, but that's not the point. I'm at work. My personal opinions don't matter. <coughs> so I'm doing what I'm, I'm supposed to do to continue making my paycheck and take care of the people I care about. So I asked them politely, do you mind putting it on for me? They were like, yeah. And I was like, okay, that is perfectly fine. I have other options for you to be able to shop with us and not have to wear a mask. You can either step back outside, and I wouldn't mind bringing you know, my, my tools to come outside and help you outside, curbside, right? Or I can give you the website to shop online with us. I do not mind either one of those those ways. You tell me which one you want. And they were like, Ugh. well, we mind wearing them, but we'll go ahead and put them on. And when they put them on, guess what the masks they, they were wearing? <coughs> MAGA masks. Of course they were. And I was like, I was like, great. And literally the entire time, this grown man was over here throwing a hissy fit about wearing a mask. And I'm thinking to myself, well, if you didn't wear it, you're a grown man. Go back outside. Mm. Like, you have that choice. If you, you have a choice not to wear one, you also have a choice to go the fuck back outside. Yeah. You know, and that's the point. Like, I, I, I'm at work. I'm an advocate for you choose. It's your choice. <clears throat> but your choices have consequences, and the consequences of not wearing a mask in a retail store, anything like that, that requires one to enter, is you don't shop there. Mm. It's as simple as that. Take your patronage somewhere else. Mm. And and I always get that, well, I'm never going to come back here again. Great. That's fine. That is like... 100% even... <laughs> you're making me happy with that statement, because guess what? I have customers... That come into me every single day. I know them by name, first name. They know me by first name. They know my future plans. 
They know the things that I love. They, they know my, my, my team by name and they're very kind and genuine and caring people and they will continue coming back to me because they believe what they believe and they're not afraid to wear a mask just to, just to be able to shop where they want to shop. And that's the thing is that they're shopping there and they know what the consequences are. But these people that want to throw a hissy fit like a toddler need to learn the difference that if they want to have the right to shop inside of any retail store, or go to any restaurant or do anything like that, you have to wear a fucking mask. Just like you have to wear a pair of shoes to go into a restaurant or a shirt to go into a restaurant or, or anything like that. Or, you, or, or you know, even at the, that rate, you don't bring a fucking toddler or screaming baby into a movie theater. Those fucking assholes need to go to hell too. <laughs> but that's it's a whole a special place in hell. Special place <laughs> in the bad place for them. So, but that's that's the whole idea is that kindness goes a long way because these people, myself, my team, that 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 twenty-one year old or eighteen year old girl that stands at the door of Walmart and asks you to put a mask on when you come into Walmart. It's not her fucking problem that you're a toddler. It's not her problem that there's a pandemic. It's not her problem that her job forced her into that or she wouldn't make any money to continue going to college to get an education to be able to maybe in the future stop another pandemic. It's not her problem that that's her post. It's her job to do her job. And it's your exactly. job as a genuine, as a grown-ass, not even a genuine human being, as a grown-ass human being. Someone with some <coughs> sort of you know, mental capacity to look at that person and be like, you know what, I don't want to wear a mask, it's fine, I'll go shop somewhere else. By all means, go do that, but don't take it out on that 18, 19, 20-year-old at that door because they are enforcing the rules of their company. It's not their fault that exactly. that's in place. It's their CEO that did that. If you got a problem with going into a place and they make you wear a mask, write the CEO. I dare you. I get. You, I guarantee you, he don't give a shit. Probably won't even get a response. You, you're, it some, won't even get some to generic, them. generic auto email about thank you for your concern. And we will look <laughs> into this issue. Blah 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 blah. Like they don't give a shit that you. You know, Joe Schmo, 65-year-old in the middle of a, you know, small town, Kentucky, you know, doesn't want to wear a mask inside of Walmart. Get the fuck over it. Like, we're in a global pandemic. Suck it up, pussy, and wear a piece of cloth. It's easy as that. And stop bitching. I, circling back a little bit, with Domino's when I was there, I left shortly after. It was with the increase in sales. Yes, like the store was doing great. I mean, the sales that were on the scale of like Super Bowl and things. There was no other restaurants open. But on the end of that spectrum and where the problem lies for people like you and me who have to work for our money and work hard for it. Is that with the increase in sales, because people were unemployed, was a decrease in tips. Mm -hmm. a, a decrease that I haven't ever, <clears throat> ever seen in my time working with Domino's. I don't think I'd ever seen in the five years that I worked with Domino's, the, like, the impact that this had on our drivers. And because as you know, drivers make minimum wage and less than minimum wage when they're on the road. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and tips 
are heavily, heavily fucking taxed. Credit card tips. Oh, yeah. So, they're not even getting a decent fucking paycheck and with no tips. How the fuck are they supposed to pay their bills? How the fuck are they supposed to make money? Me, I was a shift manager. I was making $10 an hour. And I was still only getting like 200 fucking dollar paychecks because drivers were going on hold out of fear. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a legitimate one because if you if you really break down it break it down and if and if you don't work in any type of delivery tip based service tip based service then you wouldn't understand. But at any given time, on an average day, drivers come into contact with at least forty to fifty people, depending on how long their shift is. And that is just assuming that there is one person at the door. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Not that person and their three children and, you know, their cousin, uncle, and sister. Like, And so, especially with the drivers, there was such a decline in morale. You know, we were like... Well, yeah, because they're sitting here making all these deliveries like they normally would. They're still taking, you know, 10, 15 deliveries a night. And they're making a quarter of what they used to in tips... Uh, barely enough to cover gas and depreciation on their vehicle, and that's the same thing that I had I had with my team is that, you know, they're they're still doing there's we our, our our traffic picked up, but our sales weren't weren't high end sales. So if they weren't high end sales, we're not making the money we used to. We're still making the same amount of sales. We're just not making the quality sales, which is equa- equates out to we weren't getting tips, you know. And then we get to see these people who who have been on unemployment for a year, two years, through however long they've been on unemployment because they're sucking off the government. And for what one reason or the other, it doesn't matter to me. Now they're all of a sudden getting $600 extra a week on top of the $400 possible they're making. They're making double what <coughs> I make mm. to sit their asses at home mm. and be safe and protected and, and, and relaxed and, and not out in, you know... And I'm not saying that I'm some sort of hero because I was out working because I can tell you right now, doctors, nurses, police officers, EMTs, firefighters, those guys are the real heroes because they're still doing it. Exactly. And they still have to follow the mandates and they still have to try to do their job to the best of their ability, even with all the discourse going on. But even at the end of the day, my my, my team, myself even, I'm sitting here looking at these people that are making double what I'm making and they didn't even have a job before COVID hit. And that is Bullshit. Mm. That is what was the hardest to overcome is when people were making double what I make and mm. I make almost double what my team makes, you know, and that is just incredible that we are still busting ass. You know, my reps working 40 hours a week. I work 45 to 50 hours a week and I'm making less money in that point in time than people on unemployment. Now, for those people that had good jobs, that had the jobs making six, seven, eight hundred dollars a week, that were in in you know major industries, you know heads and in, in, in talented people that were doing good work in whatever job they were doing, and getting laid off. Yes, those people deserve to get at least a good chunk of what yep. they were making because they got shut down due to a, a pandemic. Yes, that is a hundred percent fair. I yes. get that, but at the same time, how am I going to sit here and watch? You know, this 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 trailer trash piece of shit with her 16 kids from eight different baby daddies wow. on coke come in here and buy an $1,100 phone in cash because she just got her unemployment check for one week. Bullshit. 
That's what that is. Here's my opinion on the unemployment thing. I don't think in and of itself increasing unemployment was a bad move. Not in the whole, no. And for people who worked in the service industry in particular, probably did need that. Oh, 100%, because, because your tips went down. Because well, there's no denying that unemployment and welfare and Social Security um, as a whole is just a massive fucking joke. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> there's, there's, no, there's no denying that, you know? But um, those, those people who work in the service industry, especially servers and people who have a tip-based income, are massively underpaid on an hourly scale. I think servers and like casual dining restaurants only make like two dollars and something a fucking hour. Mm-mm-mm. And it's really, first of all, it's very shameful how how that works as a whole. Like there, it's almost slave labor, if you ask me. But <clears throat> like, how the hell can they get away with it? Exactly, and. There was an increase, you know, the supply and demand, you know, things started to go up. And how are you supposed to supplement your income in a time where jobs are scarce? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and <clears throat> I feel like the people who were already receiving unemployment also deserved an increase just due to the fact that prices on things and cost of living was going up for a short amount of time. But I don't feel as though they should have, you know, they should have found a way to differentiate between people who already received unemployment and people who were recently applying. And I know that couldn't have been easy because just the influx of people applying for unemployment crashed the system. Yeah. Well, and see, no, I mean, I completely agree, yes. I mean, there, because I, I, the system of welfare and and unemployment and stuff like that, unemployment is, is a, is unemployment insurance. It's not something to live on long term. It's meant for people, let's say like myself, let's say one day my, my job decides they want to shut my store down and I'm out of a job. Okay, I've got a little bit of savings up, but that doesn't mean I have enough to live for six months or even three months, for that matter, at the current rate that I'm going. So, unemployment's meant to be used for people that say, oh shit, I'm out of a job. I'm going to get unemployment insurance for, you know, one, two, three months while looking for another job and budgeting that out to figure out how to continue to survive on either less pay or a different job. And that's what it's meant for. The people that I don't think should have gotten that boost, that $600 a week extra, <clears throat> are the people that are repeat offenders of using unemployment for just getting free money. Because there are people that do it. Absolutely. You know, and, and, I, and that sounds, and don't get me wrong, I understand how that sounds like, uh, oh, wait, how did you, you know, move from being a liberal to a conservative real quick? You know? And it's because I don't sit on either side of the aisle. Mm. I, I, I've got my beliefs on one thing or another on different topics. Like, uh, I mean, I'm going to be your best man in your wedding. Mm. Like, I, I fully believe. Have, love is love. Love who you want to love. You know, there's there's all kinds of different topics on both sides of the aisle we can talk about. Mm. But 
<coughs> I fully believe that systems that are put into place to help people in time of need are being taken advantage of, and those people that are taking advantage of it are the ones that piss me off. Absolutely. There's going to, like, any type of assistance program that you have, there are going to be people who abuse it. Well, yeah, because there's Absolutely. obviously assholes, and every, there's everywhere. They're dickbags, and they just want to get something for free. Absolutely. I mean, there's always going to be somebody that wants to cheat the system. That's just a fact of life. Um, but it's all, it's really, and especially with people like us who've had to continue to work through this, it's easy to be begrudging about it because a lot of people don't get hazard pay. A lot of people, especially like with Domino's in particular, right before I left, you know, um, we had basically no fucking options. Work or don't. Make money or don't. And if you quit, you don't get unemployment because you quit. Exactly. And with Domino's, you know, they 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 told us. And I don't I don't blame the GM for this at all. You know, he just has to go by the rules and what they tell us. Um we, you we could. You could go on hold. You could be go you could go on leave, but it would not be a paid leave. You would still be guaranteed a job. When you decided to come back, because legally they couldn't yeah. tell you not, you know, sorry, you're just fired. Yeah. But <clears throat> they also did not offer any sort of hazard pay. Yeah. And to me, that's just fucking egregious. Because yeah. corporate America gets to sit back and rake in the fucking profit from people, especially like the delivery services... They made a Dude, goddamn Uber Eats, right? They made a this goddamn This is a time to be an Uber killing. Eats driver for sure. Yeah. They made a goddamn killing off of essentially fear. Yep. And they could have afforded to even just a dollar or two extra an hour would have made a difference. They could have even suspended the split pay and just given drivers minimum wage. Yeah, or said, hey... Across the board. We're going to give you... Because you obviously, you know, you get your per delivery charge. They could have upped that. You know, to kind of compensate for less tips or something like that. Something to help out. And that's, again, that's at the beginning is why I was talking about, like, the company I work for. They said, look, we get it. Sales are going to go down. So... Your commission checks are going to go down, so here's what we're going to do. If you, like in March, March the, the rules for the commission check for March was whichever is greater, what you make in the month of March, or the average between January and February's commission checks, right? Whichever one of those is greater is what we're going to pay you. So we had we had something to, to back us up on our commission checks. We did. Now, January and February are very, very, very slow months in retail sales. Because it's the post-Christmas lull. Because everybody is now broke from buying everything for Christmas. <clears throat> so, yes, they still weren't as good as it could have been. But we managed it. And we were glad to have had that backup. And there are a lot of companies that I'm sure did. I mean, uh, I mean, Men's Warehouse, I, I heard, was the very first one, the very first company to shut down their entire operation, put everybody on leave, and paid everybody. They and they still are paying everybody. And if Men's Warehouse can do it, Domino's can do it. Absolutely. Domino's can fucking do it, and you know stuff like that. Now, now there are some places they can't, like local bars 
or local, you know, restaurants or coffee shops. And Privately owned businesses. And there's this <clears throat> one that's that's in the town that I, I work in that's a, a little coffee house. They actually had a contract come out, build them a drive through window just so that they could stay open enough to make enough money to continue paying the bills so they could stay in business. This is a locally owned coffee shop. And instead of going to Starbucks or instead of going to Dunkin' Donuts or one of the major places, I would wait until I got into the town that I worked in 35 minutes away to go get a coffee at that coffee mm. shop. And yes, was it a little more than Starbucks? Fuck yes, it was. Was it just as good or not? if not better? Fuck yes, it was. So, and that's the thing is that like supporting those small businesses is is what we should be doing. Absolutely. And because those employees are not... They don't have those guarantees. Exactly. Like my company was able to give for me, or a lot of other companies were able to give for them. These people who've chosen to work in a small business or own a small business don't have those guarantees. And, you know, like we we said before, corners are cut all the time in the restaurant business. And with this in particular, you know, like just because you set guidelines don't mean they're going to be enforced or that people are going to follow them because in Domino's we had, you know, we were supposed to sanitize the bags every time we came in, the sanitizer water, which is a standard anyway. It was supposed to be changed out every 2 hours. And drivers were supposed to be washing their hands when they came back in. And like you like if you again, if you don't work in the restaurant business, you would be fucking astounded. By how often those rules aren't followed. I can't tell you how many times a night I counted the drivers wouldn't come in and wash their hands. Or not sanitize the bags. <clears throat> and corporations like Domino's, especially a franchise that has fucking hundreds of stores, would have been fine for a brief amount of time. If they had shut down completely or even just given their employees... Some sort of guarantee. Some sort of pay. Some extra money. <clears throat> because you're fucking profiting off of the people that you employ risking their fucking lives. Mm-hmm. To go well, out. You sit at home in your big ass fucking house with your, you know, two, three paid off cars and this, that, and the other. Just raking in the money while these people are out here making nothing risking their lives in this pandemic to do it and see that that we we come to that point is good well-managed businesses don't take care of their customers first they take care of their staff first and that's the thing is that and and that's where i pride myself in being a good leader and being in, in good management and and knowing that i'm good at what i do is because through all of this i have put my team first when one of my team members asks for vacation because they're stressed out or they need a mental health day or something like that, I say, let me know. And I always have scheduled it every single time. I've scheduled them off, and I have taken a hit for that. My boss has thrown fire down at me a 100 times over because of it. But I continue to do it because my staff means more to me healthy, mentally, physically, emotionally, than any customer being happy and not having to wait 30 minutes plus. Sorry for your luck. My team comes first. And that's why my numbers are still good even through a pandemic because my team is happy. My team is well taken care of. My team is well appreciated. And that's what these corporations are not doing or these big franchisees are not doing is they're not taking care of their staff, their teams. Because if they take care of their teams, they're going to make money. You have to and, – and the biggest thing is you spend money to make money. Absolutely. And uh, I think you can add another segment. Let's see. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, 
Fuck, I lost my train of thought there. Hmm? I'm good. There was more I wanted to briefly discuss. We'll add another segment. We'll wrap it up. Um, you're only as good as your employees. If you don't have that staff, you can't make it work. And it's just it's just astounding to me how greedy they can be. But we're running close on time. And uh, we're going to wrap this segment up. But when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about how, what they deemed essential and how essential those things really were. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can, we can definitely talk about that. <laughs> 100%. So we'll be right back. All right, and we're back. Now, let's, uh. Let's talk about essential businesses a little bit and how things were deemed essential and all that good shit. Well, I mean, so essential businesses, because you have, obviously, the, the state level has to, to abide by the federal level and everything like that. And can't make stricter rules on the, on the state level than there are on the federal level. So... I mean, the first thing on the state level that in the list of, you know, actually on the list of essential businesses is critical sectors identified by the Department of Homeland Security. So, obviously, the Federal Agency of Homeland Security puts out that it includes healthcare, water, public services, critical facilities, stuff like that. Now, in, in my case, I work in telecommunications. Telecommunications is a very, very... Um, in line you got to figure out what that actually means is it telecommunications or just consumer uh consumer stuff like uh social media stuff like that or is it is it essential to you know life sustaining services now in, in this case i mean with most of our stuff going to you know web-based ordering you know online ordering for groceries healthcare you're doing web visits now everything like that at first i was like i was like we we sell cell phones like what how are we essential to shit you know and 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 after some some thinking on it doing some research and everything like that and figuring out that uh, according to the home according to homeland security any telecommunications company that services um first responders or Healthcare professionals or anything like that have to remain open, and in this case, that's why we were able to remain open, even though in one of Brashear's orders saying that electronics stores have to shut down, we we at first thought that meant us because electronics, cell phones, we we were like, yeah, let's do this. But lo and behold, we ended up being essential. Now, I mean, the rest of that list is, you know, in-person retail businesses that provide life-sustaining goods like grocery stores, hardware stores, plumbing, heating, electrical materials, medical uh, products, or first responder supply stores, and agriculture supply and equipment stores. I mean, obviously, we need those things to stay open or at least to be available to the people that need them. Farmers need farming equipment or, or repairs for their farming equipment to continue mm. growing food for, for the masses. Um, and, and first responders need to continue to be able to get upgraded supplies and and ppe for 
um, their their jobs, you know, life saving stuff for them to be able to save other people's lives in times of emergencies. You know, those those are really understandable stuff. Like this is, I mean, it's very clear cut on some of those things that those are essential to to the <coughs> needs of the greater good. And I think that's I, I think that that's where we find that word essential. Is it there for the greater good and the sustainment of life? Mm. And the sustainment of life doesn't mean the sustainment of normality. The sustain and this is this is my and, and a lot of people may disagree with me and that's perfectly fine because that's what this country is all about. We can be have a difference in opinion and still be friends. <laughs> you know, like I'm sure that I don't have all the same ideas and beliefs that you do, but at the end of the day, we're still gonna be best friends <clears throat> because we understand each other. Mm. And but the sustainment of life is not the sustainment of normality. The sustainment of normality would be keeping movie theaters open, keeping bars yeah. open, yeah. the roller skating rink down the street, the bowling alley, you know, things like that that aren't necessities for life sustainment. Life sustainment is food, travel, and communication. Yeah. Now, do you feel as though a retail store like the one you work in was truly essential in that aspect because customer service can do almost anything you guys can do correct oh if i mean at many times if not more uh and you can do almost all the same stuff in stores you can do online um or at a bigger store and this is where my idea was is i'm in a small town uh in in my district of stores um i'm the second or third smallest and the only two below me are mall kiosks, you know, which the malls are pretty much closed anyway, so I was the smallest store open. And as far as it goes, I mean, where my store sits, there's a bigger store in a bigger town, bigger city, 30 minutes in two different directions. <clears throat> I mean, they, I didn't see the sense of key staying open considering the first two weeks of the pandemic. I probably saw 20 people total. You know, uh, they were literally just paying us to babysit the store. So, as far as essential goes, I don't, I never thought as myself or my store as an essential one to continue to stay open. I kind of thought it was a waste of money on the company's part. But, that's not my job to make that decision. It's just my job to continue doing what I'm supposed to do to make my paycheck. You know, and... But with that being said, I do believe that some of our stores and our companies should stay should have stayed open in major cities, you know, at least within half an hour to an hour of any major populace that needed it. Because our company does manage a without trying to divulge too much, you know, manage a first responder network that's dedicated directly to first responders that gives them priority in our service, that gives them you know, better prices and, and the ability to do better things with less money to help them out. And then it's completely dedicated. You have to actually have a, a firefighter ID <clears throat> or a police ID or a doctor's ID or something stating that you're one of those first responder uh, type jobs to even get that, that service. Mm. And during the – from the beginning of the pandemic till now, I've done two of those. Mm. And those people, neither one of those people were even in my town. They were in surrounding little towns 
that they just happened to come to my store because they, in their words, said, I figured I'd wait less time here instead of going to one of the major ones in another city. You know, so even out of convenience, even if we were shut down, they would still be able to go to the other one and get their services taken care of. So, but at the end of the day, if our store did shut down, I would still have to work because I actually lived closer to other stores in our district than my own store. So I'd still have to work, but I have to work for another store, you know, at another store, same pay rate and everything like that. But they would just close my store and I would continue to work just at another location. Um, so even at that rate, I would still, I would still be part of an essential work base, you know, like worker base. But I don't know if we were fully essential to stay open as long as we did throughout the whole thing. Because, I mean, we haven't closed our doors once. Uh, mm-hmm. We've been open. I think there was a three- or four-week period where we weren't open on Sundays. <clears throat> and that's it. Like, the, And that's just a five-hour shift anyway. So it's not like it was something huge and major. And you just it, we, I just don't see that we were life-sustaining. And do you feel as though, and you don't have to answer it if you feel like it's uh, <clears throat> compromising, but do you feel as though it was a it was born out of a genuine concern to keep people no in their jobs, or do you feel as though it was just a uh, attempt to keep the revenue going and keep the cogs in the machine well oiled, if you will? <clears throat> that's that's a hard question, and again, I I mean I did say no already because I. <laughs> My first thought process is no. Uh, I, I don't think it was out of the the idea of continuing to stay open for our community and continue to service. I mean, yes, I do believe that that is part of the reason. Uh, because, uh, you know, again, for part one, I do work for a good company. I think that my company specifically is, is, is a good company. And they are very, very much so about the employee, about taking care of their communities that they service. And everything like that, and and that's great. But at the end of the day, I don't. I think my store lost money. Mm. You know, to be completely honest, I don't know what the the revenue on, on it is because I only see the numbers of sales. I don't see the numbers of spent. You know, I don't, right. I don't see the money going out. I see it coming in. So, but I would assume that we lost money. I mean, I, I don't. I don't see that that our store made made a profit, and hasn't made a profit for. The last six months, you know, and, and again, I, I can't validate that with facts or numbers or anything like that. That's just my feeling of being in the industry and managing that store. But I don't think that it was the best of calls. But again, at the end of the day, not my call. You know, my 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 call is to do I show up to work and do my job, you know, and and I did, even though I didn't think that I should. I didn't think that I should have to go out and, and put my ass in the line for somebody who wants an upgrade on their iPhone, you know, um, or wants to get their teenage daughter a, a new phone because she's going to seventh grade this year. Like, I, that's not life-sustaining. You know, I, I, I don't. Especially when they could have, you know, everything that was done could have been done online or over the phone. And, but at the end of the day, that time has passed. And I'm still working, thankfully. You know, because I know there's plenty, plenty of people that aren't. And that is just the end-all, be-all of it. Um, I have to... Now, with... Particularly in Domino's, I remember we were all... 
at, but we were all we were all kind of bitching and moaning, you know, like <laughs> that. Uh, you know, we weren't really essential. Down. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. My dog is literally a holy terror. Um, <clears throat> we weren't. We didn't really feel as though it was essential because, like, you don't fuck. You don't need pizza. You don't need a fucking stuffed cheesy bread. No, (laughs) (laughs) as delicious as they are, yeah. Because that sounds wholly delicious right now. But then you didn't need it. Don't need that. Don't need it. And the excuse that the the GM and the essential and the um, assistant manager would give us is that we provide food. And 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 I mean, according to the Homeland Security, that is that is part of essential businesses is providing food. To the masses of any kind. But the problem is, is as a country, we're already kind of, you know, the country that's seen as the overweight country. It's all born out of convenience, really, I feel like. It's normality. Yeah. Because before the pandemic, what could we do on a Friday night? Order our stuffed cheesy bread, watch a movie on Netflix, call it a day, right? What do people want to still continue doing, even though it's not normality right now? This is not normal, per what we've been used to. They wanted to keep that normality going, I think. Personally, I think it's more of an emotional decision of we've got to keep normal going. Because if they would have stopped, if they would have stopped selling pizza, mm. Domino's would have shut its doors. People would get, would normalize not needing Domino's. They would normalize not needing it. So if they normalize not needing it, when you open back up, your sales are going to be trash. Because people, people are still not going to need it. And when people panic, that, panic buying at the time, you know, I... Su- <laughs> TP, TP. I suppose, because, I mean, there was even a concern about there being a, a meat shortage and the supply chain being, you know, compromised on a national level. And I suppose there is an argument to be made there about if there were no delivery services, then all the food in the stores would be gone. But... How, I guess, how plausible is that? That, I mean, it's just, I guess it's just kind of hard to imagine there being fucking nothing for you to go buy at, like, Walmart, you know? That is, that is a hard thing to imagine, but we did, we did spend a few weeks where we'd go to the store and the stores would be empty. <clears throat> I mean, I, I went to, I went to multiple Walmarts and there were, a majority of the aisles were empty. Mm-hmm. And it's like, where is all this stuff? Yeah. You know, where, where normally these are stuffed full and there's got pallets laying in the middle of the aisles full of stuff too. But at this point, there was nothing. Yeah. And I can attest to that too because I work at a grocery store. I started working at a grocery store uh, in the beginning of the pandemic. And you would go in there to stock and wouldn't have most of the things. Food wasn't really that short. I mean, popular items, name brand, name brand stuff, were short on things, but there was still food there. You know, there was still things that you could buy, and the most that we didn't have would be like hand sanitizer and toilet paper and paper towels. Um, so I don't feel like. Uh, just to me personally, I don't feel as though 
keeping places like Domino's or Papa John's or fucking McDonald's open was with the intent of feeding the masses and helping the communities. I think they saw the potential for the increase in sales and watched those sales increase and wanted to line their pockets. Right. But on the flip side, because I do like playing devil's advocate, and you've known that about me, mm-hmm. I do like throwing the flip side of that, and because proper debate means you look at both sides of the, the coin. Right. And yes, as much as I agree with what you said, what about the flip side of that of if all those fast food restaurants that you just mentioned and all the rest of them were to shut down, how many hundreds of thousands of people just across our state would have lost a job and now are on state funding again? And that's even more money that our state's going in debt and the country is going in debt because these people didn't stay open. So how much worse off would we have been Mm -hmm. as a, again, me versus us? Right. You know, I, I would say that them, whatever the the CEO or the owner or the decision maker in each of these companies were to continue to stay open, whatever their their basis of their decision was, at the end of the day, you've got to take it as you want to take it. And I fully believe that if we if all of those places would have closed, all of those people would be out of jobs, all of those people would have flooded into the unemployment sector, and then what happens, we've already, with just the people that did lose their jobs, shut down unemployment temporarily. Right. I mean, think about the hundreds of thousands of more people would have gone down. And there are still people who have yet to receive their unemployment. Yep. And I feel like we wouldn't do this conversation true justice if we didn't really look at both sides of it. And of course we have our biases, but right. we're able to put those aside to just kind of look at everything at face value. But I I do be, I do truly believe that in the structure of these corporations there are people who advocated and did believe that it was a necessity and wanted to make sure that people were fed. But I believe at the higher levels of the CEOs and the CFOs and things of that nature who were lobbying with the president to keep open and these governors did and... not have good intentions truly at their heart. No, and see, and major companies, because think about it, like, we, we go back to to the men's warehouse situation to where they were able to shut down every bit of their operations. I'm talking everything from shipping, warehousing, to their retail stores, to their upper management. Everybody got sent home on leave and paid. Why, if <coughs> men's warehouse can do it, and none of their employees hit the unemployment system. Mm. Why couldn't a major corporation like McDonald's do it? Or Domino's? Especially McDonald's. That's one of the largest fucking... In the world. Fast food chains in the... Yeah, exactly. Globally. Yeah. And so why couldn't these businesses do something like that? And, and I get it. I get it. It's business. You're trying to make money. You, 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 in business, you're making money. You don't want to spend more than you're making because that's a negative. Exactly. You know, but at the end of the day, short term, how many less people <coughs> would have gotten sick if these places were shut down? Probably a lot. 
Hell, how much the, faster could we get back to normality if these places shut down? The fucking Kroger here on the bypass in the beginning of the pandemic ended up with somebody who had COVID and they had to shut the store down for a night and go in there and have it chemically cleaned. A professional team of people cleaning. Yep. And if I'm, there's, it's rumored, but it hasn't been confirmed that someone else at that very same store has gotten COVID. Someone in my store that I work at um, has gotten mm-hmm. COVID. I mean, let's be real. My dad, he lives in Georgia. Um, he, he just had a back surgery today and his back surgery got postponed by three weeks because he had to take his pre-surgery COVID test, right? And his COVID test came up positive. He tested positive for COVID and he was asymptomatic. So he didn't actually have symptoms or anything like that. He literally just had COVID, Mm. never had symptoms, anything like that. But he had to wait the two weeks, prep up, retest, get the results back, and then go go get his surgery. So, but he works in a mechanic shop. He works in Harley-Davidson. So, <clears throat> he's an essential business. Mm. Because for people like me, who my only vehicle is a Harley-Davidson motorcycle, right. I need people who are specialized in fixing that thing if it goes down. Because guess what? <clears throat> I'm an essential worker, and I've still got to go to work to continue providing the things for the essential businesses. So it's it's just this vicious circle. Like you can justify any business staying open one way or another, but really, what are you holding on to? You're holding on to normality, and normality can't be held on to because if you try to hold on to normality, people die. Mm-hmm. And I, on another end of that, also, when I say essential, I use that very loosely because I find. That saying that delivery drivers and people who work in fucking McDonald's and, you know, I find it a little insulting to, you know, the doctors and uh, people actually on the front lines with the actual healthcare. I find it a little insulting to them. Or even the farmers. Exactly. I mean, yes, they don't come in contact with people that have COVID every day, but they're still doing an essential service to the mass, the mass public. And they're, you know, raising cattle for beef. They're raising hogs for pork. They're growing crops. You know, things that we don't think about as everyday citizens in a big city or even a small town. We don't think about it because we're not farmers. Other than unless you're a farmer or know a farmer, you really don't think about it. Mm-hmm. But people like them, people like our doctors, our, our police, even though there's a lot of, you know, negative stipulation around police right now. I know plenty of great cops. I know plenty of terrible cops. Absolutely. So, but I know plenty of terrible doctors. I know plenty of great doctors. You know, so it's and the, and the thing <coughs> is though is that there's there's still those people that as good as those people that work at McDonald's may be, and yes, they are force forcibly made to stay at work to make a paycheck, to 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 continue helping the mass public of people that don't want to cook at home. To serve them food, they're still they're still getting that 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 chance. They're they're raising mm-hmm. their chances for still being at work because they still need to make a paycheck because their job won't let them take leave. And so yes, are they on the front line? No, I don't think they're they're like frontline warriors. Like front no, line. exactly. And, and also, <clears throat> um, it, it, I find it astounding that these corporations are willing to spend money to make commercials to talk about how they appreciate their quote-unquote frontline heroes and fucking like the grocery store that i work in 
like, it's like clockwork. At least every hour, there is a audio clip, essentially, that plays talking about, you know, we appreciate our essential workers and blah, 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 our frontline heroes. If you truly appreciated those people, why can't you give them hazard pay? Why are you willing to spend money? Sorry, to... I don't pay my bills in appreciation. <laughs> I, you know what? You Next can't... time somebody says exactly. they appreciate me, I'm going to be like, you know what? I'm going to ask the person who owns my apartment complex. I'm going to ask them if my rent check, if I can just put appreciation on it. <laughs> yeah. I have gotten exactly. a lot of appreciation lately, okay? <laughs> exactly. Can I not pay you in appreciation? I mean, even the grocery store that I work in, and this might be adding myself a little bit, but whatever. They spent literal, actual dollars. To put out advertisement thanking you. Not only that, but they made t-shirts that says Frontline Hero on the back of them and gave them out to employees. Hey, at least they gave them to you for free. (laughs) Check it out of your check. I didn't get one. I I guess I missed the... I guess I'm not a goddamn hero after all. I don't... No, you're not. You're stalking shells. You ain't no Frontline Hero. That's how I truly feel, though. I don't feel like a goddamn hero because I'm I'm keeping fucking shit on the shelves. I'm just doing a job that I get paid to do. Now, don't get me wrong. There have been times where, uh, like, I have had uh, my my town's police officers come in to my store and actually have have actual issues with their, their cell phone service or their cell phone bill or something like that that is associated with their day-to-day life. And I appreciated them for what they do because I've actually had to call them on, on a couple of occasions because people, again, we go back to part one, talking about how people are acting like toddlers. I've had to call the police more often in the last five months than I've had to in my entire professional career. It's crazy. It is wild on grown adults. And so I appreciate these people for, for taking the time out of doing what they're doing and dealing with what they're having to deal with and all the scrutiny and, and everything, some rightfully so. You know, obviously I don't want to get to that debate because I'm I'm on I'm on the side of there's gotta be some justice for some people that there aren't justice for, but that's a whole different time for a different day. There are good cops. Mm. And these police officers have come into me and responded to my calls. Yeah. You know, because I have two very young girls that, albeit not so defenseless at times because they carry the proper defense with them, but at the end of the day, a 250-pound grown, grown man can take a 100-pound little white girl around, you know? Right. And, and, and take her wherever he wants and, and or follow up on a threat. I mean, I've literally had threats from grown men to shoot my employees because they asked for a mask. And that's something that I think has probably been across every broad scale of business because you see people literally ripping masks off of people's faces. Yeah. <clears throat> and it, it's, it's... It's fucking egregious, if you ask me, but... I mean, even before the pandemic, there's always been a lack of care for these people that they employ. And... um and it's just been exacerbated by the problem. Absolutely. And going back to where you were talking about people, you know, potentially going into the unemployment sector, I have to, in a sense, I have to disagree with that because we're one of the only countries in this entire world that is not giving out a universal based income right now, mm-hmm. basic income. I saw a text post the other day. I don't remember the exact numbers, but there's just a, like a list of all these countries giving out a thousand to two thousand dollars a month or you know a set amount to its citizens because of the pandemic where they're able to stay home and take care of themselves and do these things 
yet America wanted to give out one $1,200 paycheck. And now our Senate has decided to essentially take a fucking vacation because hey. they can't come to a bipartisan decision on getting out another stimulus check. While there is a pandemic going on and people are fucking dying every single fucking day, more so here than anywhere in the world, and they get, they're getting paid to do so. So not only are they denying our citizens assistance and relief, they're getting paid by our tax dollars to, to, to not come to a decision. To ignore us. To not govern. Exactly. Like, literally not do their job. They're getting paid to do it. You know, I wish I could go to work and not do my job and still get paid. That do you, would be fantastic. Do you know how much senators, I believe it's senators, do you know how much they make a week? Probably triple what I make at least. $3,514 or some change. Okay, so six times what I make a week. A week? Yeah. But, to, to go on vacation. But we can't get... I guess Jack-Jack has a lot to say. Maybe we should let him talk. <laughs> well, and the, and the biggest thing is... And, and I mean, you go back to... Because I was watching the original... All the, all the Democratic candidates mm. for this year's election. And it was... Uh, uh, I think it was, What was his first... I can't remember his first name, but Yang. Do you remember him? Mm, no. Uh, it, Asian guy, real, real good candidate. He's a businessman. His actual whole premise was universal basic income. And it was $1,000 a month for everyone under a certain pinpoint of numbers. Mm. You know, So if you, as a single person, no, no children, anything like that, so that, that would essentially be me, you know, because I'm not married, I don't have kids, you know, I would make a thousand dollars a month because I make less than forty three thousand dollars a year, whatever it was, whatever that benchmark was, and that is something he has he fought for since day one of of trying to get it done and trying to become a Democratic candidate, like the actual Democratic candidate on the ticket, mm -hmm. you know, for presidency. But he got beat out by major names, you know. Let's not even get into that, you know. And now he's still on the news, though. He's still fighting for that $1,000 a month. Right. He's still – and so that right there makes you think is why is he not our candidate? Why is he not a candidate in running for actual presidency? Because even when he's not running, his platform has stayed the same. Yeah. And so that, that reminded me when, of him when you were talking about that universal basic income is that was his exact premise to becoming president. Mm -hmm. to to help bridge that divide that has gotten larger and larger and larger and larger a year after year after year between low class and high class mm -hmm. you know because there is no middle class anymore there is either you're going paycheck to paycheck or you're not you know that middle class is gone and it's getting worse so all his premise was for the basic universal income was Bringing that low class out of the low class. Absolutely. You know, raising that <laughs> bottom line up. Would it would it end world hunger? No. Would it would it bring more money into the economy? Yes. Because these people that that need and don't get me wrong, because there's there everybody fucks it up. There's somebody that fucks up something somewhere. Absolutely. Because 
you, you know that just like I went go back to the first the first part. You know, no no shirt, no shoes, no service. Yeah. Somebody somewhere didn't wear shoes in a fucking restaurant. Yeah. That person fucked it up. <laughs> yeah. That person fucked it up Absolutely. for everybody. You know, and so there's always somebody that fucks it up for everybody else. So obviously, someone somewhere would have would have fucked that whole basic universal income up. But I feel like if we would have had something like that in place, people like. Me, for instance, would I have spent every bit of that thousand dollars a month? No, I probably would have been able to save that money though, mm-hmm. and eventually buy a home. Mm-hmm. Because let's be real, you know, we always hear that debate between boomers and millennials of, well, why don't you just go get a job? You know, boomers are like, why don't you just go get a job? I did it. I went to college and I was still able to afford it. Well, just because a home was, you know, pennies on the dollar mm-hmm. to what you made, like that is insane. Like, they could literally work a part-time job, go to college full-time, and still afford to save money. And it's like they forget that inflation's a thing. Yeah. Cost of living goes up. And our pay doesn't. And minimum wage remains the same. Our pay does not go up with the exact rate that inflation goes up. Because if you think about it, uh, I drove a truck for multiple years, and the money that I made, and this was about three or four years ago... The money I was making at that time was the same amount of money that people that drove 20 years before I did were making. But yet, gas prices had quadrupled. Food prices had quadrupled. Rent had quadrupled. But my pay stayed the same. Exactly. So, And that's with every industry. The pay has stayed the same except for the upper echelon. The upper echelon continue to get paid more while the people that are the working class, the AKA working class, you know, the, the people that live paycheck to paycheck are living paycheck to paycheck because that's all we can do. Exactly. That's all we're paid to do. <clears throat> exactly. And, you know, they were able to go to college and work a part-time job because tuition was so fucking cheap. Yeah. And... You and said, their degrees meant something at that point. Exactly. Time too. There are plenty of people who have fucking bachelor's and master's degrees and can't even work in their fields. But you had said something about somebody fucking up uh, universal based income for everyone. But if it's if it's given out just on the sole purpose of <coughs> excuse me. <laughs> providing assistance. How is there... I don't feel as though there's really room to fuck that up, though. Well, I feel like somebody... I wouldn't, I wouldn't say fuck it up as in the, the, the whole premise the idea would fall through just because of someone fucking up, but somebody would use it for something that they shouldn't be using it for. You but, know, like, because the premise of, of getting that extra $1,000 is to be able to raise your quality of life. And that was the premise of, of that Democratic candidate... Was it, this is to be able to help you afford, you know, things for your child's schooling, for mm. your food base, for your rent. But there's going to be some, you know, there are going to be people out there. They're going to take that thousand dollars and they're going to buy really expensive things that they shouldn't try to afford. You know, like the, you got the people that would try to do that. Yes. Do I think that everybody should have the opportunity to try to buy really nice, expensive things? Of course. Yes. <clears throat> but I believe that you have to be smart about it. Because, and and this is coming, this is, I'm the pot calling the kettle black here because before this year, I was terrible with money. Mm. I mean, when I drove a truck, yes, I talked about how my page stayed the same, but I still was making $50,000, $60,000 a year. Do I have anything to show for it now? <laughs> Hell no. I have no idea where all that money went. But 
because I was bad with money. Because I was trying to afford really expensive things with the and 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 I like to call it the 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 mentality of being poor. Mm. Because you're trying to afford things that you can't afford. And that's what people would think as soon as they get a thousand dollars, that's that's more money than most than than a lot of people make a month. Yeah. Working a full time job. Mm-hmm. You know, so extra grand is a lot of money for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so that really nice PlayStation coming out, that really nice iPhone 12 coming out, you know, all these things that are not essential to their quality of life going up, a.k.a. getting maybe healthier food or um, making those repairs on their vehicle to get their children to school and them to work. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, changing the tires that are bald on their cars because they can't afford a set of four tires because, let's be real – thousand dollars to change a set of tires on a car a lot of people don't have a thousand dollars to drop and they're gonna go to get you know a shitty pair of used tires and make it work every two three months and that's dangerous <laughs> dude i'm about to have a fucking blowout right now on my little shitty honda i'm uh-huh. telling you my tires are on their last goddamn leg and see, but that's, that's the thing for you if you got a thousand dollars you'd be like okay how can i make this thousand dollars go the length go the full race and actually help me earn more money not how is it going to make me look like I have a better status. Well, also, though, I have to say that it's we, – we pay into these programs, right? Our tax dollars go into yeah. welfare and – And we, we go into basic – Yeah, know, so it's, it's, essentially, it's our money, you know? And mm-hmm. who are you or anyone else, not saying you specifically – but just as a broad general spectrum, who is who is anyone to tell someone what to do with their money? Mm. But uh, also, there's a there is a disgusting desire with the one percent to keep the poor 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 because that because and this is this is an example of you think about and I go to to business because I know business and, and that that's my mentality when hiring a team of people. You want to be as try to be as <clears throat> exclusive as possible. You want to hire all stars, rock stars, you know, because you want to make sure that your team is just all star team, right? Mm. But if your entire team are all stars, that makes them all average, right? So think about that from a one percenter status. Put yourself in the stat in 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 the the shoes of someone who has millions of dollars sitting to the side, mm. you know, and think, okay, I have a million dollars, I'm a millionaire, I am. High class. I'm an all star. I'm a rock. Whatever it means to them, right? right? Obviously, we don't know that because we don't have whatever we got, you know. Right. So, but think if everybody had that amount of money, mm-hmm. then there is no all star. There is no one percent. There is no high class, low class, middle class. There is no classes anymore because everybody's just average. Now, do I think that that would probably benefit the good of the world? <laughs> yes, yes, it would. But at the same time, let's be real. You know, because I am a realist, I do believe that, like for me, me specifically, do I ever think that I will be as smart as a doctor? No. Will I ever be able to be an engineer? No. Will I ever be able to do things that some people are able to do just naturally? Fuck no. Because I know my place. Mm. I know that I'm going to stick to what I'm good at. I'm good at running businesses. I'm good at running, you know, being a leader of a team. And and uh, those are the things that I know I'm good at. So I want to stick with that. I, I'm going to try to learn other things, and you know that's kind of what my future goals are. But mm. 
I know my place. I know that I'm not going to ever be a doctor or anything like that. So for doctors to have that sense of pride, great. You should. Because mm. I sure shit wouldn't be able to make it through med school. I wasn't even able to make it through high school. You know? So, I mean, really, they got they won up me a hundred times over. But as far as as far as the 1% hoarding all the money, I mean, really, there are people starving. Mm-hmm. Like that's and so yes, I may make the debate of I'm going to stay in my lane, and I know that I'm not going to be ever as good as a doctor or an engineer or something like that. But that doesn't mean that I shouldn't have my fair shot to be good at what I'm good at. Right. So that means that those one percent that are hoarding billions, millions, and billions of dollars, should we not be able to say, well, that family of four? The husband, the the dad works two jobs. The mom works two jobs. The kids both go to school, and they still can't pay their bills. There are some teenagers who work part time jobs while they're still in school just to be able to assist their parents in paying the to bills. help. Fam- and that is <clears throat> bullshit. It is because what if those kids, if those kids were able to have more time to focus on their studies, to focus on their schooling, and and decide what they can do with their lives, what lane they're going to choose to be in. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it be, are they going to be doctors? Are they going to be, you know, service workers? Are they going to be retail managers? Are they going to start a business? Or whatever it is they end up deciding to do. Um, They're not going to be able to focus on that. Because they're focusing on making money for their family. Because their family, working two, three, four jobs, can't even (coughs) make rent or buy food. And anything like that. So why is it fair that those that family gets screwed, but yet there's one person that has more money than half of our population combined? Exactly. And, <clears throat> you know, I see people all the time talking about, you know, um, oh, it pisses me off when I see someone who's on food stamps buying, like, steak or shrimp or lobster or something. And my response to that is... Why should that offend you? Like, someone who requires that government assistance and needs that help, why shouldn't they also be able to, every once in a while, afford themselves finer things? Enjoy the finer things in life. Something that you're able to afford based off of your income. Day in, day in, day out. Why shouldn't they be able to also, like... I'm sorry that they don't want to fucking eat soup and bread every goddamn day like you would fucking prefer them to. And the class system as a whole is, in my opinion, just a means of oppression. Because if, in in my personal opinion, if more people were able to afford... Uh, higher means of living, if they were able to have a decent income or even have a portion of the money that these, you know, millionaires have, I truly believe that a a good amount of people would give back to their communities. And I think Mm -hmm. being able, I I think it it would better this country as a whole if everyone were able to contribute in some way. You know, if if the scales were tipped evenly. <clears throat> yeah, because you see all the time, and don't get me wrong, like, good on some of these people that, like, actors, famous people, <coughs> business, uh, you know, business moguls, like, the people who have 
this this just un uh, just unreal obscene amount of money are giving hundreds of thousands millions of dollars away to help different causes like that is great that is awesome that they're they're deciding to take a portion of their their money mm-hmm. and giving it away but we think about it, and I hate to go to this because you know this is just something that I, I've always believed in. If someone that has a hundred million dollars gives one million dollars to a cause, that's if somebody has a hundred dollars and gives. Jack, get out of that toilet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but think about it: somebody who has a hundred million dollars gives one million dollars to a cause. That's like if out of $100 that you have, you give $1 to a cause. Yeah. That's all you've given is a dollar. Now, I, don't come over here looking at me with your fucking shit water breath. Get away from shit me. Shit water breath. <laughs> Sorry. So, I mean, think about that. You got, you've given a dollar. You've still got $99. Yeah. That's still... Uh, according to what your your actual, I'm, so, I'm well, sorry, I know, Ashley, Ashley's dying, and it's yeah, fucking making is. me fucking crack up. Go ahead. But you've given one percent of your wealth to a cause. One percent. One percent. I just <coughs> got paid today, and forty six percent of my check went to taxes. Yeah, forty six percent of my money went to the government. Either state or either local, state or federal. Some of it will be used for for good causes like schooling, you know, the education system, the healthcare system, stuff like that. That's great. That's one hundred percent. I'm all for it. Right, all for it. But at the end of the day, why out of a thirty two hundred dollar paycheck, the thousand dollars go away? I didn't see Uncle Sam in there selling cell phones. Did you? I sure shit didn't. <laughs> I I didn't, and now and and that's my that's my issue is that it's not because it, I, I run that fine line again. I, I I try to I try to understand both sides of the aisle, you know, because everything is political nowadays anyway. So mm. let's be political about it. There are two sides of the aisle. I like to try to to see what is best for the mass, right? And. Let's be real. There are people out there that are never going to work for their money. They're never going to want to get up in the morning and grind Mm. and actually go work for their money. Now, unlike people like you, for instance, you begged to go back to work after after surgery. Oh, yeah. Like, you wanted – you didn't want to be on any kind of government assistance because you didn't need it because you know you could work. Mm-hmm. There are people out there that are plenty healthy to work, plenty capable of working that don't want to work. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's I think that right there is something that pisses me off. Right. Because that I think is is the biggest thing. Like if you are on assistance because let's let's go to, you know, touch on veteran <coughs> affairs, my mom's husband is on veteran assistance. Mm-hmm. He has denied a majority of his veteran assistance because he can still work. Right. He owned his own lawn care and landscaping business. He remodeled homes on his own. He drives a truck. You know, like he he is out there working because he knows he can still work for it. He doesn't need assistance. Right. Because there are people that do need assistance, but there are some people out there that are just soaking the system because they can. And that sucks. That sucks because for the people – because it makes people that – 
actually need it mm-hmm. look like shit. Exactly. That's exactly what I was about to say. And so we go full circle right back around to someone fucks, fucks it, it up. up. Exactly. And I think now with our very tense social climate and in this time of crisis, there is a burning need and a demand for these people who are supposed to govern us and look out for our well-being to do what's right. And this is something we spoke about briefly uh, yesterday. There is now, I I don't know if you looked into it after we talked about it, and and this, this started to gain a little traction at the beginning of the pandemic. <clears throat> but now that the Senate has decided to take a vacation on our tax dollar, <laughs> there is now a call for a general strike across the board to shut down the economy, to force them to listen, to get us what we want. Because that's the only way that they will pay attention. I, I think the last general strike was like 19, fucking like 19, 1920. They did the exact same thing. <clears throat> But that was the time of the Spanish flu. Um, and I do think that's the only way that, 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 that we'll get the government to essentially do what we need them to. And do, do I see it happening all across? No. Well, no, because there's going to be people that are afraid to do it because they're going to be afraid of the backlash. And that's... And, and you look at major... Major times in in many countries with the res- with a resistance or a major change or something like that being called upon for the <clears throat> citizens against tyranny or or anything like that, it's the it's the fear that keeps us in line. It's the fear of being poor, the fear of going hungry, the fear of losing our our homes. You know, or our lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, because because that's that's really you think about the people that you you gotta think about what it would take to actually go on strike or go and protest, and especially in these times right now where violence is just a go to, you know, and it seems like that is all that it is. And let's say you know you do decide to join and go protest for Black Lives Matter or for the for justice for Brianna Taylor or anything like that, you have to fully decide and know in your mind that very well, much so you could lose your life because that's what the violence is. And that's why how the government, whether it be maliciously or unintentionally or whatever it may be, that's how they think they're going to keep us in line. But eventually to a point, violence will meet violence. I think there's something to be said about people willing to put their jobs on the line mm-hmm. and their their health and their livelihood to literally shut down everything that sustains us in order to get these basic fucking needs that we want. The, the things yeah. that, you know, this advocating for better working conditions, hazard pay, and, and the fact that we're not getting that is just a complete disregard for lives. Mm-hmm. It's, I think there's truly something to be said about the willingness to literally impede yourself just for the betterment of the greater good. The greater good. The me versus us. 
<clears throat> that's that's literally what that is 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 my needs greater or less than and not less than in a bad way but greater than or less than the needs of the many the mass you know and but if that is something that needs to take place if that's something that's going to take place i feel like it shouldn't take place just for one or two or three different sectors of the working world or the classes or whatever it may be i think it should happen for all people mm -hmm. that are struggling it needs to stop being so divided because i keep hearing about that that innocent little boy that got shot in front of his house did you hear about that the little white boy that got you can't help but hear about it right now. I, right what do you mean right so do i mourn for the loss of yes that is horrifying. Mm -hmm. That is horrifying. Gender, race, orientation of sexual orientation. Like, it doesn't matter. Because that is a little boy that lost his life while he was outside playing on his bike. Yeah. And I, I, it just, it blows my mind. But it goes to the point that the person who killed that little boy is in jail, charged exactly. day after. So, yes. We are, I personally am so sad to hear about something like that because I could imagine that being my kid. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't even have a kid and I, it makes me cry thinking about it. But at the same time, it's not a, Nova. just because we are standing up for one person or another doesn't demote the validity of someone else. Mm -hmm. Just because, and I heard this the other day, just because, and this was from a pastor, too. This was in a, a sermon. Mm -hmm. It said, what gives you the right to think that me saying Black Lives Matter demotes your life? Mm -hmm. It does not demote your life. Right. Like because you, your life still matters, and that's why that little white boy got justice. Like, if you racist, just say that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, if you just racist, just be like, bruh, I'm racist. Like, yeah, but that's, <clears throat> and that's the point is, we, if we go, if, if there's a strike, if there's if there's any major thing going on, or if there's some sort of like rise up or rebellion or resistance or whatever it may be that happens, it needs to happen for everyone. And I think the general population is in that mindset. And something that this country has lost sight of due to greed is the liberty and justice for all concept. For because, all. because right now it's for some. They, they allow levity and want to uplift the people that they deem fit. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and see, that's the thing. is I, I remember a long time ago when it was um, that whole South Korea debacle, or no, North Korea debacle, right? Where they were like, oh, they're going to try, he's going to try to shoot missiles over here and blah, blah, blah. And, or they're going to try to invade uh, America. And, this, and I, I had this talk, I don't remember who it was with, but I literally was like, Let's think about this for a second. If somebody were to try, let's just say, try and invade the United States, mm. let's just say, they would not make it very long because our country, with all our different like socioeconomical classes and belief systems and everything like that, we're all like brothers and sisters anyway. We fight and bicker like brothers and sisters, and we get violent sometimes and everything like mm. that. But if somebody, if our neighbor comes in and tries to do some stupid shit to our little brother. Guess what? We're gonna we're gonna be like, nah, motherfucker. I get to pick on him, not you. 
also... And I feel like all the gangs and all the... You know, you would have the Crips, the Bloods, the KKK, Brown Pride. You would have, you know, every different socioeconomical class coming together and be like, hey... I don't know about the Klan, but definitely everybody else. But, <laughs> but you gotta think about it. The Klan would be like, look, I don't fucking like you, but these motherfuckers can go away, and then we'll resume our shit later. So, um, I mean, that's... And that's the thing, is like... If it comes to something like that where we rise up or if we, we, we fight for major change or fight for a replacement of who governs us or whatever it may be, it needs to be united. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It needs to be white, black, brown, gay, straight, bi. Every class, every belief system, every single individual side by side saying, you know what? <laughs> We may be tired of each other, but we're really tired of your shit. Yeah. You know, like, am I really tired of racists? Hell yes, because I think a majority of us are really fucking tired of racist, bigot shit. <coughs> but at the end of the day, I'm even more tired of 46% of my check disappearing. Mm-hmm. I am really sick and tired of seeing people fly around the world in their private jets mm. Just to go shopping. The president going golfing more times than he's actually been in the fucking office himself. Right. That's that whole idea. Like, just whatever it is, I am more sick and tired of that than I am of anything else. So if I have to stand next to a racist motherfucker to fight the government, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. And I'll deal with that dumbass later. Because you know what? That's the major change we need. Mm. Because starting there, starting there will show every single person, no matter what your belief is, no matter what you love, what you hate, no matter what, it'll show us all that we can actually work together no matter what our beliefs are. Exactly. You know, we the fucking people. And that is the thing, and that's why I stand in that whole premise of we. you have the right to believe what you want to believe. Doesn't make you right, doesn't make you wrong. You have the right to do it, but not at the expense of other people. But if you... Believe that above anything else, I think we all, in, in conclusion, I think we all as a as a big unit in this country really are sick and tired of being poor. Absolutely. In summation, I think that it will be necessary for all of us to stand together regardless of creed, color, or belief. But stop being racist. To absolutely stop being fucking racist. Black lives do, in fact, matter. Just like every other one does. But, and what the people don't realize is that there are more of us than there are of them. And we could take this fucking country back if Just we like wanted. Just like you said, 1% versus 99. That's that $1 out of 100. There's still 99% <laughs> of us out here. Mm. So I guess the message here today is corporate America and the government fucking suck. And you got to get up and stand up for what you with what we need. And quit being dicks to essential workers. It's not our fault that you don't want to wear a mask, you little pussy. <laughs> All right, Josh. Thank you for coming on and having this conversation. And uh, thank you to whoever may be listening for letting me push the gay agenda on you. And have a good day. <laughs>